take our Bible and today be turning into 1 Corinthians chapter 2, if you'd be finding that. Good to see you. Good to have guests with us today. Good to have Terry Jackson with us today. He's been away at Bible College and, uh, and uh, hadn't seen him for a while. Blessing to have him with us and good to have other folks as our guest today. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to read a number of verses together to sort of capture the context of this passage and then focus in on, I think, a very practical passage of Scripture for all of us. And uh, we're going to begin reading in a moment. If you were to look into the Bible and say, I want to find a passage that just in a comprehensive way helps me to understand where I am spiritually, but also it really helps anyone see where they are spiritually and where they can go to improve their spiritual condition, if that would be their desire. Because we're going to look at several categories of people, and every one of us fit into one of those categories. So let's stand together for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to stand. And we're going to begin reading in verse 9, and I want to kind of slowly go through this as we sort of introduce ourselves to the text. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 9. Uh, Paul has been already writing about to the Corinthian church there about how he came to them and how he emphasized the Word of God. He didn't try to impress them with his oratory skills. He said he didn't come with excellency of speech or wisdom because he wanted their faith not to be in man but for their faith to be in the power of God. And that's all previous to that in chapter 2. But then he says in verse 9, But as it is written, I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. So every, what God has for us cannot be understood in the natural realm. You can't see, says, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man. You know, the natural man cannot relate to the things of God. And sometimes, you know, you may hear people that aren't even godly people say, well, God bless me with this and look at my car and, you know, thank God, thank God that I won the Academy Awards, you know, all these kind of things. But God's blessings the Bible says, are things that cannot be seen or heard in a natural level. Amen. Verse 10, but God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Now, that, well, let me clarify. That doesn't mean that God doesn't bless us in physical things, but that's, if that's all you measure blessings by, you're missing the real riches, the real treasures of God's truth. But God reveals them unto us by his spirit. For the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God, for what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. These are spiritual things. And verse 12 says, now we have received, talking about those of us who are saints, who are saved, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. We want to know what God has for us. And the Holy Spirit makes that possible. Verse 13, which things, Paul says, 
also we speak. These are the things that we speak about. Not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they're spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ? Now, even though we start another chapter here, the context continues in verse 1 of chapter 3. Continue to look with me, if you would, please. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you, talking about the Corinthian church. I could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. You couldn't handle it. Neither yet now are you able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For one saith, while one saith, I'm of, a Paul, I'm of Paul. That's what one person is saying. I'm, on, I'm in Paul's camp. This is Paul's row. And another, I'm of Apollos. He says, are you not carnal? And then a great statement. Who then is Paul? Paul writing, of course. Who then is Paul and who's Apollos? But ministers, we're just servants by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. So I want to take this text today and I want to look at really four types of people. And one of them is you. One of them is me. That's, that's the title of my message. One of these is me. And, and it's true of every one of us. And I hope today we can kind of pinpoint which one better describes us individually. Let's pray as we begin. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you'd bless as we go through it today. May the Spirit of God work in our hearts, open our eyes, help us to see and grow and be edified and, and drawn closer to you. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So as we begin uh, this morning, I want to just point out what the Bible describes here, I believe, are four different types of men. And I just want to point them out first, and then we're going to just kind of let the Bible describe them. And if you're, uh, as I am, sometimes you underline things or circle things, I, I would encourage you to make notes in your Bible. But the first one's found in verse 14 of chapter 2, where it says, but the natural man, the natural man. We'll come back to that in a moment. But the second one I want to notice is in chapter 3 and verse 1. Where in the last part of the verse, chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Even as unto babes in Christ. That's the second person we'll describe. Those who are spiritual infants. They're babes in Christ. And then a third group in this text that really gets a lot of attention is also in chapter 3 and verse 1 where it says, But as unto carnal. Carnal. There's a third group of people or category of people. They're carnal. And then the fourth group is found a couple of places. Look in chapter 2 and verse 15 where it says, But he that is spiritual. Now, these four people, these four groups of people have things in common, but they also have things about them that are unique. 
And I want us to spend a few minutes just trying to understand each one of them from the scripture. And I hope that you'll, you'll really take this in. The first one let's talk about is the natural man. Chapter 2 and verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Now what does that word mean when it says they're a natural man? It means that this, is a, this is a group of people that according to their nature... They're natural. It's a a natural person. This is a living, breathing human being. And as far as I can tell, all of us sort of fit that category. We're living and breathing. Maybe not responding much, but at least least you're alive. That's a natural. But it's talking about a spiritual thing. It's talking about a person that is not converted. They're not saved. They're just a natural man. Jesus was talking about this kind of person in John chapter 3 when he says, He that is born of the flesh is flesh. He is a, he's a human being. He's a mortal. He has, been, he has had a physical birth. He, he lives as a human being. He lives as a natural man. He thinks like a natural man. He speaks like a natural man. He feels like a natural man. But the problem he has is a spiritual problem because it says in verse 14 there, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. He can't make sense of them. He's a natural man. He ha- he's living, he's breathing, he's a human being. But spiritually, he can't get anything from God. And by the way, that never changes as far as what that natural man can do for himself because he can't help his situation. Even getting religion won't change his problem. He is a, he's just a natural man. It says in verse 14, he cannot know spiritual things. Neither can he know them. Have you ever heard a person say this? I've heard it many times in my life that a person, well, I read the Bible, but I really don't understand it. Well, you know why? Because the Bible is a spiritual book. And lost people cannot understand spiritual things. This is an important thing to understand that a man in his natural state cannot receive spiritual things from God. One of the reasons we began reading this in chapter 2 and verse 9 is because this thought is introduced. I'd encourage you to look back at that if you would. Chapter 2 and verse 9 where Paul writes, but as it is written... I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. The natural man can't see it. They can't hear it. They can't understand it. The natural man is not capable of doing that. Why? It's not because of his intellect. It's not because of what country he was raised in or the language that he's familiar with. It's because he's in a spiritual state of being separated from God. He's unsaved. He cannot comprehend the things of the Spirit of God. Now, you may be sitting here today and that may describe you. You're living, breathing, you have an interest in spiritual things. You're here, but you don't really connect with the things of God. It's not real to you. When people talk about their relationship with God, when people talk about praying and fellowshipping with God, you can't really relate to it. And that's because, it may be because you're just a natural man. We're going to come back to that later. But by the way, that describes every one of us before we were saved. That's the way I was. You know, I, 
I had emotions, I had thoughts, I had abilities, but I didn't have a relationship with God. I was separated from God. I didn't even care. I wasn't interested in God. It wasn't, you say, well, you're a bad person. I was a sinner. I was a natural man. And by the way, that's where everybody is that's not saved. They're a natural man. They're a natural person. The second group of people, and we'll come back to the natural man in a little bit, the second group of people we want to look at briefly is, is found in verse 1 of chapter 3 where it says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. So there's another group of people, babes in Christ. Now these aren't natural infants or natural babies. They're spiritual infants. They're, they're new Christians. They're babes in Christ. I can't read this passage. I never think about this passage that I don't think about a conversation I had many, many years ago when we were over in that building over there. And I preached a message and I brought up something about this subject of being babes in Christ. And there was a man in our church and he was a single man, about, you know, I'm guessing probably 40 or so, 40s. He's been gone for quite some time now. After the service, he came up to me and said, Preacher, I want us to preach more about them babes. <laughs> That's not what this is talking about. This is talking about people, they're spiritual infants. They've just been saved. They've just been converted. They're baby Christians. By the way, when you're saved, if you're a baby Christian, you're as much a part of the family of God as you ever will be. Because if any man be in Christ, you're in Christ if you're saved. And if there are people here that may fit into that category, I know there are people who are who've been saved in recent months or years, and, and there's, you say, well, man, I've just got so much to learn and so much things I, I want to grow in so many areas. I feel like I'm behind the curve a little bit. But, but if that may be you, you're a, you're a spiritual babe. These were people who had been saved. They were new creatures. They weren't just natural men. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. They've been made new. That happens the moment a person repents of their sin, puts their faith in Jesus Christ. They're no longer just a natural man. They're a new creature. They're babes in Christ. That's what this, person, this, this term is describing. It has nothing to do with physical age. It has to do with your spiritual age. We were sitting uh, talking yesterday with uh, Brother Tom Gibson, Pastor Gibson, who preached a couple of times in our youth conference. And he was telling us about a couple in their church up there in Iowa uh, in their 60s that just recently got saved. Six, they're in their 60s, but they're babes in Christ, eager to learn, wanting to know more, appetite for the things of God. That's what this is describing, babes in Christ. Uh, Paul wrote to the Ephesian a church there, and he said this. He talked about children. He's not talking about just physical children like some of these young people. He's talking about spiritual children. And he said that they're tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. You know, spiritual babes sometimes can lack spiritual discernment, just like young children sometimes don't look at things through the eyes of an adult. They're, they're immature sometimes. They... they they, but they're, they're babies. They're baby Christians. And, and that's a wonderful place to be. 
But sometimes they can be deceived. Sometimes they can be gullible. That's why we ought to be very careful and cautious and helpful for young Christians. They could, you know, I remember when we got saved, we started uh, listening to Christian music. And my wife and I, and we'd, this was many years ago, but there was, there was a uh, contemporary Christian music station in the Dallas area where we were living and where we got saved and started listening to some of that music. And my first thought was, man, you know, here I got saved and there's some music that's kind of like what I like to listen to, but it's got Christian words. And I started listening to it. But, you know, after a while, I started realizing this is, this, there's something about this that's not all that spiritual, maybe packaged a wrong way. It has good words in it. Some words are good. And, and I realized this is not God's best for me. And you know, when you're a new Christian, you can be very gullible about things. You don't have as much discernment. That's why we need to help one another. But here's a true, here's a true mark of a, a, a babe in Christ is they want to grow. You know, Paul, uh, Peter wrote this. We've been uh, studying in the epistles of Peter in Sunday school But uh, he said, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As a newborn babe desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. One thing about healthy babies is they have an appetite, right? most, Most mothers and dads that have had a new one born in their family, they, you don't have to usually wake them up when it's time to eat. They wake you up. I know many, many times while my wife was sleeping, I would get up and feed the babies. No, look at her. <laughs> Not exactly. But, but healthy babies want to, listen now carefully, healthy babies want to eat. They have an appetite. Spiritual babies have an appetite for spiritual food. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. This ought to be characteristic of every true convert. They want to know more about the Bible. Sometimes people look at older people who've been saved a long time and said, yeah, those older people, they just really, really want to get into the Bible. Newborn babes ought to want to get into the Bible. Memorize scripture. This ought to be a common thing. What did Peter say? That they may grow thereby. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. It's, good, it's a good thing to be a baby Christian when you get saved. But listen now, you don't want to stay in spiritual infancy. We're, we're not to stay there. Well, what facilitates growth spiritually? What facilitates growth? Not just coming to church. I mean, that's a good thing. But you know the good thing about coming to church? We hear the Word of God. We hear the Bible. We, we, look at the Bible. we look at the pages of Scripture and we see the Word of God and it speaks to our life. Desire the sincere milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. I'd make, I could make a, a prediction or a, a proclamation that I think would be true. If you're here today and you're growing spiritually, if you're growing spiritually it is because you are on a good, nutritious diet of the Word of God. And if you're not growing in the Word of God, you're not growing. You've heard me say this more than once probably, but I've asked this question numerous times in helping people that are in a bad place spiritually and maybe they're struggling or things aren't going well. And I'll ask something that may have nothing to do directly with their problem, but I'll say this. 
How much time in an average day or week are you spending in the Word of God? And you know what? It's uncanny how many times people, their problem may be financial, it may be in their marriage, it may be with a friend, but it's it's uncanny how many times they say, well, really, I'm not in the Word of God much. If you're not in the Bible, you're not going to be growing. You're not going to be growing spiritually. So we have, we have the natural man, we have the babes in Christ, and maybe, maybe already you've seen, well, that's who I am. I'm a natural man. I don't really think I know God. Maybe you're saying, I'm a, that's where I am. I'm a baby Christian. I want to grow, but I'm, I know I've got a lot of progress to make. But there's a third group of people we want to give some attention to, also in chapter 3 and verse 1, and those, those who are carnal. He says, and our brethren cannot speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ. Now, what does the word carnal mean? Carnal means, and if you're not familiar with the term, you could write this out in the margin of your Bible. It, it means pertaining to the flesh. You know, an animal that is carnivorous are flesh-eating animals. They're carnivores. They're, the, the word car, a carnival, I think, a carnival is like a thing that appeals to your, your just desire to be entertained and carnal things really so so what is who are carnal people these are these are people who are living more like their human nature than really like God's spirit now I, I, I know some people that would say it's not possible for a Christian to be carnal but I believe it is possible for a Christian to be carnival I, carnal not carnival carnal and in verse 1 it says and I have this this word important because I think it's such an important word a little box around it in my Bible, the word brethren. I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. The carnal person is not necessarily a babe in Christ, but sometimes he acts like a spiritual baby because he says, I couldn't speak unto you as unto carnal, in verse 1, even as unto babes in Christ. And he says, I fed you, verse 2, with milk. Like you would a baby. I fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. You Up till now, hitherto, up till now, you couldn't handle meaty doctrine. You couldn't handle that. Neither yet now are you able. These are carnal people. They can't handle. They, they have no appetite for the meatier things of the Word of God. They, you know, you, you could, they, they might have some things that they like, but they don't like they, you could get on subjects and they'll just turn you off. You know, if you were to start teaching about, you know, how beautiful heaven is, they may say, boy, I like that. I want to go to heaven. And then if you start talking about Jesus, that every one of us need to deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus, they'll turn you off. But you know why they're not into that, that part of the truth they're not into? Because, because they're carnal. They're only thinking about themselves. By the way, God's people aren't to be self-centered, self-consumed people. We ought to be thinking about others. We ought to be thinking about the Lord's will. And this carnal person could be a person of any age. You know, maybe they've been saved for a long time, but they're just not mature. They're not growing in the Lord like they should be. And sometimes that's because they're not saved, but sometimes it's just because they're living carnally. They're not growing spiritually. And really in these few verses of the first part of chapter 3, Paul is directing his attention to those carnal people. And notice what he says is kind of 
characteristic of the way they, where they are. Look in verse 3. He says, For you're yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? You know, that's an interesting thing. He says, you got this strife and, and these contentions. And notice how he described them. He says, you walk as men. Now, what does that mean? Walk as men as opposed to like walking like a duck or walk. No, what does it mean? You walk as men. It means you walk, you're, you just live like a natural man. You live like an unsaved person. You're acting like someone that's not even saved. You walk as men. They're, your language is like men. Your values, your desires, your appetites, your appearance, your entertainment. You just walk like a man. I want to tell you, God does not want his children just being like any unsaved person. And so he's calling them out for this. Spiritual people may do some of the things that natural people do or that carnal people do. In other words, a, a carnal man may go fishing, but a spiritual man may go fishing or a natural man may go fishing or may play golf or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But, the, but their attitude about it is completely different. The way they do it is different. I don't mean the way they hit the ball, but their responses are different. They don't, they don't let hobbies interfere with the Lord's work. They're concerned about their testimony wherever they are. If they're, I'm just, so it's not, it's not like you can't do anything a man does. We just do it differently because we're saved. We have a different attitude about it. Carnal people think primarily about themselves. So we have natural people. We have babes in Christ, and then we have carnal people, people who are conflicted in their heart and their attitude, and they're just, no, they don't have peace, and their division, and fretting, and all these kinds of things, and Paul called them carnal people. And then there's the last one we want to look at today, and that's a group that we all want to be in, and that's those that are spiritual. Look what it says in verse 15. But he that is spiritual, that's a different, that's a category that Paul is addressing. He that is spiritual judgeth or discerneth all things. Look in chapter 3 and verse 1. And our brethren could not speak unto you as unto spiritual. He said, I couldn't even talk to you and communicate with you and relate unto you as a spiritual person. Because you're not really a spiritual person. Person. Now, what is a spiritual person? It's more than just being saved. It means this person is governed by the spirit, not by the flesh. You know, anybody that gets saved, we still have a body of flesh. We still have human emotions. But a spiritual man does not let his emotions run his life. He doesn't let the, his, the carnal desires of the flesh run his life. His flesh is subdued by the Spirit of God and with the help of God. And he's not carnal. He's not controlled by natural emotions. I think that would be, that would be such a roller coaster ride if our emotions dictated the way we live. Wouldn't it? How we feel each day. We're going to, you know, well, I'm just, I'm just in a you know, in a bad mood. Well, you know, God can give us help even in our bad moods, right? This man, this spiritual man, he walks in the spirit. So that's Bible terminology, walk, walk in the spirit. He, he's, he's taught by the spirit. Here it says in verses 12 and 13 that the spirit of God teaches us the things that we should have from God. 
You know, if I go through a time in my life and, and maybe I'm fearful about something, maybe I'm worried about something, maybe I'm concerned about something and it's really causing an unrest in my soul, but you know, the Spirit of God can show us, hey, here's a better way. Here's a place you can plug in to my grace and have peace in your life. That's the way it works. God wants it to work that way in our life. The spiritual man can receive instruction from God. Verse 13, the last part of verse 13, it says that, that uh, he, which, the things which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. You know, a natural man, and I've seen this to be true, even carnal people, sometimes they're not interested in all truth. They're just interested in some truth. But the spiritual man can compare spiritual things with spiritual things. By the way, truth never disagrees with truth. We compare spiritual things to spiritual things. By the way, all truth matters, right? All of it matters. I'll give you an example. Because this, this is an issue that's debated a lot in Baptist circles. You know, a carnal person... A carnal person who's thinking of their flesh and thinking out of their emotions and with their flesh, a carnal person might look for a loophole to justify uh, social drinking. And they don't do that because they want to be closer to God. They do that because they want to drink. Um, and so they take a passage of Scripture where Jesus turned the water into wine and they say, look, Jesus turned water into wine. What's wrong with drinking a little wine? But they ignore all the passages that clearly teach that we should not even look on the cup when it's moving or right. We shouldn't even, we shouldn't even want any, we, these are all, we, they don't shed all the light of the Bible on the subject, just the part they want. But a spiritual person compares spiritual things with spiritual things because they're not interested in just what they want, they're interested in what God says. The spiritual person, that doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean they're sinlessly perfect, like they never do anything wrong, but it just means they're spiritually minded and they want, they want to be spiritually mature and strong. And by the way, a person could be physically much older and spiritually very young. And a person could be Physically young, a young person, but be spiritually maturing. That's, and that's the one thing we need to, we need to think about in our, own, in our own lives. And uh, one of the words, and it's found in chapter 2 and verse 6, one of the words that describes the spiritual person is the word perfect. Look in verse 6 of chapter 2. It says, How be it we speak wisdom unto them that are perfect. And again, the word there, perfect, doesn't mean sinlessly perfect. It means that they're complete, they're mature, they're growing. You know, um, Paul wrote to the Ephesian church in chapter 4, and he says he's God gives these different gifts, ministry gifts, pastors, teachers. You remember that story, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers. And it says for the perfecting of the saints, being perfect, growing, maturing spiritually. And Brother Kuzel this morning was speaking from Acts chapter 6, tremendous text about how the church selected these men, we would call them deacons today, who were servants in the church, 
And they would, they would help people that were struggling and help people that were complaining and help people that were having a hard time. But they had to be men full of the Holy Ghost. They couldn't be carnal people. They need to be spiritually minded people. Very simple thought, but it's worth considering. Spiritual people, we're talking about the spiritual man now. Spiritual people address spiritual problems in a spiritual way. We need to be, so, so I'll go back to where I began. And that is this. Every time we assemble like this, it's very likely, it's possible that there are people here that fit in any one of those, every one of those categories. It's very possible there are people here who are natural men. They're not saved. They're, they're wanting to learn. They're eager to learn, but they've, but they've not been born again. And by the way, we want lost people to come and hear the gospel. Coming in the building doesn't make you a Christian, but you can hear the gospel, the word of God that, that convicts us. So, so we want people to obey the gospel and be saved. So we have natural men. Then we have babes, those that are new in the faith. And maybe that's you. Or maybe we have carnal people. Maybe people that are, say, well, I know I'm saved. I remember when it happened. God changed my life. But you're not growing spiritually. You're kind of in a place you're stuck. Or maybe we have spiritual people. I know we have spiritual people here. So I want to conclude by asking this question. Not only the question about, you know, who, which one of these are you in, but secondly... Where do you want to be? You know, I've been in every one of these places. I know what it is to be a natural man. I know what it is to be unsaved. I know what it is to be a baby Christian, hungering for the things of God, wanting to grow. I know what it is to think carnally. I've never done it, but I know people that have. No, I, I know what it is to think carnally, to think fleshly, to want to react in a fleshly way. I know what that's like. And by the grace of God, I know what it is to be spirit-filled, a child of God who's walking in the spirit. And as Paul writes this, he doesn't just write this to point out these various stages. He writes this to encourage these people to see the need to change, especially those who were living carnally. You know, when it says this in verse 3, I know you know this, but I just want to emphasize in verse 3, when he says, you're yet carnal, that was not a compliment. It wasn't a compliment. He was rebuking them. It was a stinging rebuke. You're more like a baby Christian. You, you don't even have an appetite for the meat of God's word. You just want milk all the time. And he says, you walk like men. And may that never be said of us. That To me, that's one of the... If people would say, what, what are some things that a person could say to you that would call you something and it would really offend you? Um, if you call me a Yankee, that'd probably offend me. <laughs> no. I'll tell you, I think one of the most offensive things a person could say is, is to say, you're carnal. And that's exactly what Paul said to them. You're carnal. And I'm telling you, we don't need carnal people. We need spiritually minded people. And I'll tell you, if you're sitting here thinking, you know, that could be me. Well, you know, there's good news. We don't have to stay there. We don't have to stay in that place. In whatever place, if you're lost, you don't have to stay there. You can be saved. You can trust Christ. You don't have to jump through a bunch of hoops. You don't have to go through a bunch of lessons. 
But you need to take a trip in your mind to the old rugged cross and see that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. He died for every sin you've ever committed and I've ever committed. But He didn't just stay dead. He rose on the third day alive and victorious and offers eternal salvation to every person who will trust in Him completely for salvation. And if you're not saved, the good news is you can be saved. You don't have to stay in that lost condition. If you're a baby in Christ, thank God for where you are. Embrace your new identity. I'm no longer a lost man. I'm a saved person. I'm a child of God. I've been born again by the Spirit of God. Embrace that position and continue to grow as a Christian. Don't stay in the same place. Keep hungering for the things of God and growing spiritually. You know, Paul wrote to this same church, and I'm not going to turn to it, but you'll be familiar with these words he said, when I was a child, I thought as a child. When I was a child, I, you know, I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I don't want to stay as a child. That's a part of growing up. Well, how do we grow? Feed on the Word of God. Study the Bible. Don't let sin stay in your life. Walk in the Spirit. Come to church eager to learn and grow and obey the Word of God. Now, I don't know everybody's heart, but you may be sitting here today, and you, if you just really be completely honest, you might have to say, you know, I've been living carnally, not living in, not walking in the Spirit. I'll tell you, God has something better for us than that. He has a life. That abundant, the abundant life is not just having salvation. It's walking in the Spirit and walking in the Word of God and experiencing God's best. We, we ought to repent of carnality. When we're fleshly and selfish, we ought to repent of that. You know, it's possible for a person, including my, this person or any one of us, it's possible for us who have been spiritually pe- minded people walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit, it's possible for us to start reverting back to carnal thinking, but we don't want to stay there. And if you're a spiritual man or woman, thank God for His work in your life. This is where every child of God should want to be. And I want every Christian to really think about this for a moment. If you're, in this, if you're listening to this and you're saved, this is what we want. We don't want to just be a little better than the world. We want to be spirit-filled, spirit-guided, controlled Christians. And in a healthy church, you're going to have a growing number of people. You're going to have, a, you're going to have people that are there that are... Natural people that are there, babes in Christ. You're probably going to have people there that are carnal. But, but there will be a growing number of spiritual people. You say, preacher, who, how many people do you want to see be spiritual people? Every one of us. You say, isn't that a lot to ask? Let me, tell you what, let me tell you what the Bible says in Colossians about Paul's ministry. This is what he said. Warning every man. This is Paul's preach, himself writing. Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. We don't just want people to be saved. We want people to be growing, maturing, spiritually minded people. You know, it's one thing to be physically mature. It's another thing to be spiritually mature. I can remember when my wife and I used to go to the counter at a restaurant when they would ask, are you a senior? They asked me that now. They'd, 
They don't, no, I'm just kidding. They don't ask us that anymore. You know why? I, I ask them some, they, they give us a senior discount, and I say, do you want me to show you an ID? They don't need to see my ID. Physically, I'm mature as far as my age. But that's not the same as being spiritually mature. You may think it doesn't show up or it doesn't notice. I really appreciated something Brother Kuzel emphasized in the Sunday school class this morning when he said, look ye out from among you, men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost. And he said this, and it's true. There's something about being a spirit-filled person that others can see it. And there's something about being a carnally-minded person that others could see. We, every one of us ought to want to be spiritually-minded people. And so as we close today, or wrap this up, just to review quickly, if you're here today and you're not saved, the Bible calls you a natural man. It also calls you a lost man. You've never been born again. You don't have to stay there. You could be saved today. You could come to Christ today. I'm going to be standing there in a moment. If you want somebody to talk to you about that or go over some scriptures with you and help you, that's what we're here for, to help one another. You may be here today and you're a baby Christian. Don't ever stop growing. Don't ever stop growing. Keep feeding yourself spiritually. That's what Acts 20 says about the elders at Ephesus. Feed the flock. Feed them the word of God. If you're today and you're, and, you, and, and this is hard to admit, I'll be honest with you, this is a hard one to admit. But if you examine your own heart, if you have to admit, you know, there's a lot about my life that's more carnal than it is spiritual. Today would be a good day to say, Lord, I want to, I'm going to do something about this. You have something better for me than this. And I don't mean this to be judgmental. I'm just being honest with you today. If you don't ever see a little bit of carnal tendencies in your life, I'm, I'd be surprised because I think most of us do, right? But we don't want to stay there. Let's bow our heads together for prayer. With every head bowed today and every eye closed, one of these is me. One of these is me. And every one of us could say that today. The natural man, the babe in Christ, the carnal person, the spiritual person. One of them is you. And I don't want you to answer it to me or answer it out loud, but I want you to answer it to yourself. I'd encourage you to. Which one of those is me? Which one do I want to be? Where do I want to be? If you're sitting there thinking, you know, I really don't see any true evidence of conversion in my life. I don't see that I'm really saved you ought to come right now and just say preacher I'm ready to do something about this you ought to come fathers we pray today we thank you for
just the pleasure, the privilege to be in this place with your people, with the Bible open, reading and learning. And Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts as we've already prayed many times. You'd speak to our hearts through your word. We receive it, Lord, with meekness. We want to be challenged and changed by the word of your the word of God, the word of truth.